0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into it today, a quick reminder to follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine if you haven't done so already. Check out my website, Felix-Levine.com. There you'll have every episode in its video and audio formats, photos from your recording, contact info if you want to get in touch with me, and also another quick reminder to subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. You can watch all of the clips and full episodes there in its full video versions, so go check that out today. I also want to do something a little bit different that I— That I haven't done before and it's really for me to to get to know you the listeners you guys have been so supportive of me for a while listening to my episodes watching them on YouTube but I've never really had the opportunity to 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 kind of communicate with you guys directly and I want to change that so what I want to start doing is at the beginning of all my episodes reading out some of your stories and that could be you know things about you who are you what do you do what do you like about the show? What can be improved about the show? And have kind of that back and forth between some of the people that listen to me because I think that that's really what what it's all about. So you can either go to my website, felix-levine.com and find some of my contact information there. Send me an email or on Instagram at felix.levine. In the DMs, I respond to all of them. So send me your stories. I want to get to know you. Let's get it started. Send me your messages. And I truly cannot wait to get to know you guys better and my guest. He is a founder, a CEO, a Latin bachata dancer, and an investor. Please welcome Mario Nafol. And we're live. Mario, uh, a pleasure to have you on my show. Thank you uh, for taking the time and coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So, my voice, I, I got my nose blocked. So if my voice sounds a bit weird, I apologize. I'm not dying and I don't have COVID.
0: Okay. Well, that's two good things. Um, I told you a few seconds ago. Is there maybe a little tidbit, a little something that the world doesn't know about you from from what's already out there?
1: Um, Yeah, you did mention it earlier. I thought it comes at the end. Um, I'm pretty open. Like my life has been an open book, at least for the last two years. Before that, it was a completely closed book, locked and everything. Um, something the world doesn't know about me. Um, I do have, I still have a bit of imposter syndrome, even though you see me speak every day in front of thousands of people. I still struggle here and there a lot better than what I was, but it's still there. It's still creeping up when, whenever, you know, shit hits the fan, it creeps up literally. I get that feeling of imposter syndrome of like, am I, you know, am I gonna be called out one day, even though I've got nothing to be called out on? That's what imposter syndrome is. If someone's gonna call me out on, if I ask myself, okay, about what? Like, okay, it was really nothing. Um, So I, it still comes up uh, surprisingly.
0: And where do you think, I mean, that has come from? Have you always kind of felt that way or is as successes come,
1: that's also grown as well? No, man, it's improved. So I used to, it used to be severe. When I got into business initially, I, so I migrated from Lebanon to Australia at a very young age. So I came into Australia, I didn't speak any English. That, and I was a very confident kid in Lebanon, you know, going out with girls and guys and having crazy fun, being the popular kid. So I had that life and then moved to Australia, the complete opposite because I didn't speak any English. I was, I think, 10 or 11 years old. And um, that's what I would say if I had to guess. Now, this is a guess. It's hard to know these things for sure. But I would say this is where imposter syndrome came up. And it's been really hard to get through. That's why I was, it could be the reason, one of the reasons why I've been extremely private all my life. And that's the reason I didn't even have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, nothing about two years ago. Literally two years ago, I opened Facebook and Instagram. And to this day, I've never posted one story on my Instagram, over 100,000 followers. I haven't posted one story, someone else does it for me. So I still don't use Instagram myself. Um, So that's where imposter syndrome would have come up. But the way I broke through it, the first big step to break through it among many steps was the first job I got, which is door knocking. Literally jumped in head first, knocking on doors, trying to get people to try a water filter for free and getting kicked out at least 30, 40% of the time in a, in a not a nice way. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it hasn't been easy to get through it. And then the second time I got through it, where I started personal branding, got camera, started filming myself, talking about myself. I got scanned at one of my companies called IBC. I lost millions of dollars. So it took um, me jumping. It's a, a traumatic experience is how people change. The best way for someone to change, especially the older you get is a traumatic experience. And um, the first one was obviously door knocking, not traumatic, but it was a big shock to my system as a person I was very different back then. And the second one is getting scanned and losing so much money by someone you trust. And then the way I responded was turning it into an opportunity. So I turned that traumatic experience into something positive. And that's where I am today is because I started personal branding two years ago when I got scammed.
0: Do you think that uh, for you, it was initially a, a fear of rejection?
1: It's a, the feeling that you have, if someone has imposter syndrome, they probably get this really easily. Someone that doesn't, the best way I can describe it is like I, I didn't have the audacity to speak, because so I lost my first business, got two million dollars in year one, ten million dollars in year two. That was a company called fruity still exists now, doing really, really well, um, and that was in Australia. So, you know, making ten million dollars in your second year of business already gives you a strong position to be able to talk business. I thought I knew nothing. I would be humble in front of people that were just employed people in Australia, but uh, to to an extreme, um, because I just didn't feel like. I don't know, I felt like, it's not logical by the way, it's not logical explanation to it but I just didn't know enough and that probably turned into who I am today like today if you go into my rooms on Clubhouse on Twitter space or the podcast that I have I still ask people curious, audience, whoever, any call I ask and I'm always learning Um, so it's good to be humble but it's not good to so both extremes are bad being too humble like extremely humble could lead to imposter syndrome where I'm so humble, I don't even think I can speak because I don't know anything. That's one extreme. The other extreme is I know it all, and that's probably even worse. I know it all. I don't listen to anyone, um, and I know what I'm talking about. And those are probably the worst people to get advice from and to listen to.
0: Did you have these kinds of sentiments before you started door knocking when you were 13, 14?
1: Yeah, so I started door knocking at age... Nine, oh, okay. 2021. 20, yeah. So that's after my So when I migrated, I didn't even speak English. So I couldn't door knock or anything. So I had to learn English. I, was, I went to high school. So I started door knocking when I got my first job. I was in university doing banking and finance. And I saw a video of a boy called Farah Gray. I met him a few months ago. Um, he's got millions of followers, a big name now. But he made his first million dollars at age 14. So he did pretty damn good for his age. Um, and I'm like, holy crap, like he became rich at age 14. I don't need to wait till I'm 40 to become a millionaire. I didn't know what entrepreneurship meant. So I dropped out and I started door knocking because that's the first job you can get. Everyone wants to employ a door knocker on a commission-only basis. And I was that fool. But I made I made good money from day one.
0: Now, I mean, take me through that experience and I guess the, the biggest lessons that you learned from that other than, you know, I guess kind of, if you will, overcoming that fear of, um, you know, imposter syndrome.
1: And number one, business-wise, it's a numbers game. Everything in business or most things in business are a numbers game. Um, in life as well, the more doors you open, the more likely you open the right, to open the right door. The more people you meet, the more likely you are to meet the right person. Um, so and door knocking, the more doors you knock, the more trials you're going to get. So when I realized a numbers game, the more doors I get through, the better. And that's when I started hiring other salespeople, et cetera, was another thing that I learned. A third thing that I learned is um, just, you know, when you, Someone was giving me an example of someone that couldn't swim. What they did was pretty shocking. Now, this is a smart person talking. They do A-figures. They're really intelligent people. They, you might have interviewed him. His name is Nick Bradley. You might have even heard of him. So what Nick said, and because the person that introduced us is good friends with Nick as well, um, and he does a lot of podcasts, is Nick Bradley said, he, he was talking about an example of someone that couldn't swim. And what he did was literally push them into the water, then jump back, take them out, push them back in, jump back. Now, I thought that would lead to, tra- again, traumatic experience. Like, I wouldn't do that. But I've never researched it. So maybe it's the right thing to do. But based on him, that same day, that person is a kid. is a young young kid. That kid was no longer scared from water. Then what happens? the mom saw Nick push push the kid into the water. And the mom started yelling, no, no, what are you doing to my kid? And then once the mom reacted like this, the the kid started becoming scared of water again. So um, now the second part of the story doesn't matter to this point. The first part does. That you jump in head first. You jump into the deep. The deep end, like when I got into Clubhouse, uh, which is an app where you talk talking different rooms, I went all in and I started speaking in big rooms. Now, I, I, I didn't think I was in a position to sit there chatting to people like Damien, John, and, and Grant, Cardon, and Ty Lopez, and Jesse Itzler, and, and Navin J. All these big names. I didn't think I'm, and I'm in a position to talk to them, even though I'm I'm, 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 I think I can have good discussions with them, bring value to the audience. But I did it anyway. And I would just sit there talking for hours with some of the smartest people around. It was a big success, but I jumped in head first. Now, no one knew. I sounded really confident. I sounded like what I'm talking about. I did have a bit of nerves because, again, am I – can I speak to thousands of people listening to me? I sound like 10,000 people a day listening to me seven days a week. Can I speak to that many people every day and speak to all these big names? Um, am I in that position to do so? Um, obviously, it worked out really well. I kept doing it every day, but I jumped in head first anyway. I did it anyway. So what I learned is when you jump in and do something, somehow you start being able to do it, it becomes a lot easier um so that's these are the two things that i learned it's a numbers game and just jump in and do it you know nike nike's the slogan just do it you know, there's a bit of sense to that
0: now for you know i mean i've talked to as, as you mentioned i've talked to to some uh you know also very successful people that you know when they have those kind of i don't want to call it a mental block but um perhaps something that's holding them back they you know it could be through therapy or some other kind of therapeutic methods? For you, I mean, are there any outlets or maybe it was therapy or talking to someone else who was, uh, you know, a therapeutic source to help you kind of overcome maybe those fears or those doubts that you maybe either had about yourself or your businesses or whatever it may be?
1: Sure. I'll I'll structure my answer. So anyone that knows me knows I try to always structure the and you'll appreciate this, the answer to, to benefit the audience. In this case, what I'll do is I'll talk a bit about what I do but because I don't think it's that relevant to anyone listening, I'll talk about um, what I've because I've researched this stuff a lot. What you're talking about, and you've spoken to people that, so you know, you know what I mean. There's different ways for different people. The first thing I'll, I'll preface all this by saying is that the advice that would work for anyone listening right now, the advice that works for you, will not work for me or Felix or whoever else, because understanding yourself, doing personality tests, etc., knowing yourself, knowing what what triggers you, will allow you to 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 base your life around those things will allow you to do the right things. Like maybe for you, like for me, what drives me is momentum and growth. I've known that about myself for a while now. So everything I do, it always drives momentum and growth. When I used to work, I twenty four seven, and all I did was run my companies. I would do it in an environment that makes me feel like I'm growing. So I would jump on a lot of calls. I would walk around the city centre. I travel a lot. So wherever, in whatever country I am, I'd be traveling all the time because that always keeps my adrenaline, my momentum growing. So that works for me. Now, some people uh, like to have their space and like to feel like they're learning, like intellectually, they're learning a lot. So reading books could be that for them. So once you understand what it is that drives you, some people are very social. So just being around people, I work well as well when I'm around people. So what did I do, Felix? I, like this could, this doubled, maybe 3x my productivity, is instead of sitting in my apartment or home, whatever it is, uh, working, um, I would work in uh, shopping malls. I was known to go to shopping malls, get a place and work. I don't talk to anybody, just the waiter to order food and nothing else. Uh, but the reason I did that is because I have people around me, and that without me knowing, that actually gave me drive to work more. So, knowing yourself is really important for anyone listening. There's a reason you can see in the background, let me see my camera. But you can see the staircase here in the background. Uh, where's my finger? There. And right it so I'm in a big place. And I rent because I rent villas. And if you look at my Instagram, I rent villas and I invite my employees and partners, business partners, to work there. We're moving to a new place in two days because um, I know that's what drives me and I'm more productive when I have people around me, my team around me. Um, so I know that about myself and I base things around these things. Now, for anyone listening, first thing, know yourself. Second thing, yes. I have a psychologist. Now, I I stopped talking to her about a year and a half ago. I haven't gone through depression. I don't think I need a psychologist, but I know it's important to have those people around you. Same way you have a, a general doctor. You don't get a doctor once you get a terminal illness. You get a doctor to make sure you don't get a terminal illness. The same thing with getting people like therapists and and psychologists and all the other terms that you use, whatever it's a a normal therapist, it's a business coach, it's a sex therapist, whatever it is that that person needs, get those people because they give you a a step in the right direction. They give you you an edge over others or an edge in life. Um, Then I'd recommend reading the book Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. There's a lot of recommendations in that book, a lot. So it's better of highlighting the ones that apply to you and just testing them out and then doing the ones that work. Whether it's meditation, which is one of the most common recommendations um, to eating a certain diet, etc. So I don't think I answered your question directly, but I also did, because yes, in brief, getting people to help you achieve a certain goal, getting coaches or therapists, etc., to help you deal with imposter syndrome. You know when I couldn't speak in public, I went to Toastmasters, I went to two at the same time. I finished it quicker than anyone else in Melbourne, in, in Victoria, in the state of Victoria, in Australia. Um, so I going to Toastmasters gave me gave me an edge. I know if I start having mental issues, I will see a psychologist. So if you want to improve somewhere, getting a coach. I'm not saying those coaches, life coaches, that charge you an arm and a leg. No, just getting someone that knows what they're talking about, charge you a, a, a reasonable fee. And I'm not a coach. So I'm not selling my own coaching services. But I actually believe in having someone guide you through, whether it's someone paid or just someone that wants to help out that knows what the hell they're talking about. Just be careful though. It, don't work or listen to someone that's either has a big ego or is not self-aware. Because someone who's not self-aware will not know what they're good at and what they're not good at it means they'll talk about things they might not know. Like I'm self-aware, I know what I'm stupid in and I don't talk about my stupid points. And um also uh ego. That's the worst thing. Listen to someone with an ego is toxic. Because what happens if they give you wrong advice and they realize later they said something that's incorrect, I don't care how successful they are, I don't care they're a billionaire. It doesn't matter who they are. If they have a big ego, they might give advice that's not accurate. But instead of correcting themselves later, they'll be like, actually, Mario, the advice I gave you is actually incorrect. I looked it up or or I, I looked into it. I don't think it applies for you. No, they got a big ego. They can't admit they got it wrong. So they start doubling down on stupid advice. Um, so I don't care how, before looking at how successful someone is, look at if they have an ego or if they're self-aware.
0: Well, I think also, you know, and I, in doing my my research about you, I think, those are some of the things that that really stood out to me. But also, I mean, you know, without really talking about your age or whatever, obviously you're younger. How does someone who's, uh, you know, found kind of this success at, at the point that you have not, you know, have developed some kind of an ego? Or for yourself, like if you ever found yourself maybe, um, you know, having a little ego here and there, how have you able to, you know, suppress that, if you will?
1: I had a person, his name is JC, Jean-Claude. Um J.C. B.T. B T B T A C H. You look him up, he's a pretty smart kid. He's um 19 now, 18, 19. And um, he has a really big ego. He might listen to this, and I don't care. I'll tell him this to his face. He has a big ego. But I told him, I said, J.C., and, and he, I helped him out when he was younger to leave school, and he went to Canada. And I had just gave him some advice, and he built a community. And he's a really, really smart person. He could be either poor in five years, he could be very, very poor, or could be wealthier than me and make a few hundred million dollars or even be a billionaire in 10 years time. Cause he's got that p- potential. Um, now he has a big ego. I said to him, and, and uh, by the way, I have an ego too. I said to him, having an ego is not a bad thing because having an ego, you can turn it to something positive. Ego can lead to confidence and it could lead you to do things that most people wouldn't do because they don't, imposter syndrome comes in. Imposter syndrome can lead you not to do things because you don't think you can do them. I'm over it now. Um, Oh, by the way, an example about imposter syndrome. I dance as well. I travel the world dancing. If You my Instagram all dance. Yes. When I started dancing, I didn't think I was that good. No, I wasn't. But what I did is I wanted to become an artist. An artist is someone that gets invited to festivals around the world. They dance on stage. Girls line up to dance with them. Uh, Sometimes autograph and all that. So it's like a celebrity in the dance space, in the bachata, Latin scene space. And I wanted to become an artist because it's a pretty good life to have. Uh, What I did what I, cam- I hired a camera person, I said that camera person just follow me around. When I was not an artist, I was just someone that goes to parties and I was being filmed a lot. Now I got used to the camera. People saw me getting filmed. They're like, "Well, oh, who's that guy? And then self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and then here I am, cameras filming without me asking. But I was very uncomfortable in the beginning to get filmed. So uncomfortable, like, shit, I'm not even close to being the best dancer here and i'm being filmed. But then it pushed me to become better because then I need to be good. Um, but it goes back to the point, just jump in. Um, I just got a camera and I got myself outside my comfort zone. Now to ask you a question earlier about how uh, ego. um Yeah. Ego is bad. If left unchecked, but if you know you have an ego, but you keep it in like I have an ego. I actually destroyed my ego, but when I had an ego, no one would be able to know I have an ego. Now I destroyed my ego because I need to stay humble to keep learning. Um, and So I realized that, you know, I start looking at people more successful than me, that kind of quashes ego pretty quickly. Uh, but if you have an ego, it's not a bad thing. But you have to make sure it doesn't get in the way. So if your ego forces you to correct people when they're wrong, you know one of the biggest rules in in uh, how to win friends and influence people. If you read the book, highly recommend. Is don't correct people. You don't gain anything. So correcting people is not a good idea. At least not, especially not publicly, or at least not publicly. Um not wanting to learn, not wanting to listen because they have a big ego, not wanting to admit when you say something wrong, all these things are the opposite of me, so I worked on that um and I think someone that could be really successful if their ego is a is a is a liability to success
0: and i am curious for you i mean you say a lot of really um powerful things that resonate with me even on a personal level, and a lot of people that I know that that listen to this um can learn a lot, and I think, and one of the, the the videos that I saw, I think it was on your website. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is um, you know talking about certain quote unquote coaching gurus who try to enforce their <laughs> enforce their uh you know cheesy coaching fraudulent ways upon people that you know you and I both know probably a hundred that we could probably list off, off the top of our heads. For you, how you know even in the way you you talk and you present yourself and you work with your team, how do you and on social media. How have you found that that fine line between wanting to help people and, uh, you know, trying to push them to just do it, if you will, and also not coming across as one of those, you know, cheesy, fraudulent um, coaching gurus in that space?
1: Okay, I'm going to give you a really funny story, and that's ongoing, a pretty crazy story. And also, I'm going to show you how the you should never be binary in life. So I did a video called, "I uh, can I curse on this uh, podcast? As much as you want. Yeah. I have a video called Fuck Paid Courses on YouTube. So I use fuck because I never monetize my videos, I don't care. So Fuck Paid Courses was a video I did that talked about this whole anti-coaching, um, anti-paid courses type thing. And I wanted to work with a guy called Tom Nash, which used to call out a lot of these fake gurus, and I know Spencer Cornelia as well, who calls out a lot of these fake gurus. Um, I wanted to work with them creating a website against them. But look at this, I wanted to go to that extreme, And I've never sold a course in my life. I have two courses, they're all free. I don't have a funnel, I don't do coaching or mentorship. On the other side of the fence, today I was talking, I was chatting to Ty Lopez, it's today and yesterday. Um, And JT Fox a few days ago, who's another one of those uh, people that sell coaching and all that. Um, Spencer Cornelia a week and a half ago. Um, So you could see that I could be anti paid courses, but not be completely against anyone that sells courses because there's value in them as well. Now, and I don't mind working with those people either. Now, what do I mean with those uh, don't pay? Because this is important for the audience that's look at those things. Most people know, like Ty Lopez, everyone knows Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez is, I'm against people that charge an arm and a leg for courses and promise the world that I'm going to change your life. You take this course, you're going to make millions. Versus someone like Tai that sells those courses. But when you when you listen to Tai speak, he's speaking logic. He's not saying you do this, you're going to become a millionaire tomorrow. So I'm against the people that overpromise. I, I I hate that that fluff. And then I also hate like if you listen to two people talk, like Ty Lopez versus Dan Pena. Ty Lopez talks, but he's very humble when he talks when he gives. It, not humble, sorry. He's more self, more objective. And when he gives advice. You listen know, to someone like Dan Pena. He'll tell you this is what you should do. You should never do this. This is the way to go. I'm anti that. Not anti Dan Pena. Nothing because I've never met him. But if I meet him, I'm, I won't have anything against him. He Reminds me of my grandpa a lot. But I would never say to someone. This is what you should do. Don't do anything else, and not based on any research, any studies, any books, because that destroys lives. And that comes out of very smart people. That comes out of successful politicians, which sometimes become dictators, and they usually like, like to do that. They're successful um, business people, successful um, uh, community people that have a big community, um, mobsters, whoever it is, anyone that has influence. Some have influence, and they're very. You know what I love, man? I love people that give you advice and they're based on studies, they're based on, on, on not only studies, but they're based on, on logic. Not, hey, um, that that worked for me, it will work for you. But what if it worked for you despite it not being a good idea? Now, what if you launch a restaurant in the pandemic and you're you're the one out of 20,000 restaurants that actually grown in the pandemic? Does that mean launching a restaurant in the pandemic would have worked? No, it just means that you were one of the 120,000. You did something right you're just lucky and luck there's many books that talk about luck so that's my standing on on courses i think there's nothing against them And, and that's where a cool story comes out when i started on clubhouse um i came in a small fish i didn't know anyone i didn't have those connections i didn't spend my life building connections so i came into clubhouse the new guy and and created my own room my own first room uh day one had 13 people one three day two, 30, day three, 60, day four, hundred, day five, 200, day six, a thousand. So that was my my journey on the clubhouse. And since then every day over a thousand. But when I was doing well, when I was starting out, sorry, when I was very small, um, I was on stage with one really, I don't want to call them out, one really big celebrity that has courses. When I say really big, I mean, Ty Lopez big, a really big name. um, And and, and there are other people that sell courses, some people that don't. I was in the room. Someone comes up on the stage and says, hey, I don't have much money. I can't afford one, a coach, these expensive coaches. You know who I'm talking about. You um, recommend. And JT Fox, who sells coaching and not cheap. So he's one of those people. He says, he's like, you can't, we can't expect a coach. By the way, me and JT Fox, we can call each other friends, even though we disagree on most things. And I like the guy. He's a really smart guy. He says, you can't expect someone to coach you for free. When you don't and you can't expect to give them something in return, you know everyone's time time is worth money. Um, I disagree. I, I go up on stage. That small guy says, "I think JT, I think you know some people will help for free. Not everyone will help and will want to charge. Some people own a business. They're smart. They help without asking for anything in return." Um, I get kicked off. And then that other big celebrity, not JT, kicks me off stage. And then everyone starts blocking me in different rooms. I was compl- and then I got blackmailed. Two days, three days after that. So I literally, and I had in my bio back then, I never charged for anything. I only helped for free, like a jab at people that sell courses. And that backfired on me badly. Now, why am I telling you that story? Uh, a month ago, uh, I was incorrectly called out. And that's where like the other side of the coin, people love to call everyone scam. I was doing really well. I was one of the biggest people on Clubhouse. And someone, a celebrity called Jason Calacanis, celebrity millionaire, calls me out saying, Mario sells courses, he's a scammed course seller. And then I get reported and I've been off the platform for over a month now because I got reported for that. And, uh, you know, I obviously took a massive hit on my on my momentum. I'm still off the platform. It's been over a month. Stupid. And um, I've never sold a course, and I call out scam course sellers. So that story is, is, is entertaining, but it's also important is that don't be binary. The most common characteristic among billionaires, there's a book about it, is they're not binary, Phoenix. They don't look at things black and white. Don't look at course sellers as good or bad. You know, JT Fox, again, he's, he's got a lot of value. Very smart guy. I know him on a personal level. I think there's a lot of value. And what he said was right. If you want a good coach, and you mentioned earlier, should you get you know, coaching or people to help you with your problem? Getting really good people that specialize in helping people, they're not free. If you can't afford them, there is people that will help for free. So don't be binary. co sellers are not bad. They're also not going to bring you millions just in case just If you listen to them, um, in everything in life, I wouldn't be binary. And that story, I hope, highlights that point.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think it's well said. And I think that everything in, in life has has levels and is, you know, and it has shades of uh, shades of gray. But uh, my my other question for you is, you know, and and in doing research, and again, people listen to this, and, and I'm sure look into you more. Uh, you've talked even in your I think in your Instagram bio, it's like I've made and lost millions many times over something like that. Um Just this idea of, you know, even like Clubhouse, right? You have momentum and then a setback or in a business making millions and then you lose millions for you. I mean, and I think on a personal level, a reason that I, uh, you know, in looking at your story, am inspired by it by some of the work you do is that your bounce back seems to be um successful every time and i'm curious you know for the perhaps the younger people out there or the older people out there or the people that one day will get into business or anything else in life really if you have um you know certain ways or methodologies that you approach when you face that big uh shock that you almost you know maybe initially feel like you can't get over can't recover from
1: yeah man first it's fucking tiring like i'm exhausted Uh, four years ago my e-commerce company I got screwed by a manufacturer. It's in 2017. It almost went bust. Literally, we were talking, me and the management, about folding the company. And then I launched IBC that started making millions in less than six months. That's in the crypto space. And then it, about eight months later, IBC gets scammed. So the one company making me millions, 3D started recovering. IBC gets scammed. So we don't fold 3D. We recover and, and it's bigger than ever. Then IBC gets scammed. And I almost folded that company. We lost millions, and people, I, I got I got a lot of slack for it you know I'm responsible for, the, for for whatever happens, and there's a lot of podcasts that talk about that scam. um And obviously, I've had other personal issues in the meantime. And uh, you know, Clubhouse is going well now, and suddenly, like I'm I'm living the life. I'm speaking to 10,000 10, people a day, and then it comes to a screeching halt about a month um, ago. So it is tiring. Like it's so tiring. Get punched in the face again. I started re- watching MMA about two weeks ago. Oh really? I don't know why.
0: What what fight yeah, what was your, what was the first fight?
1: Uh, I'm just watching highlights on Instagram. Okay. I just like to watch knockouts. That's it. Uh, but I've seen, I like Adesanya. Adesanya, is it? The, 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 yes. That guy is, I like him because he's humble. There you go. Exactly. I like humble. At least he's humble. He's humble. He, he is. He's a very um, humble guy. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. And I don't like McGregor. Everyone loves McGregor. I don't like him. Too big of an ego. I know he's doing it for entertainment, but it's too big. And and I got you know, I got chills with people that have big ego and, and that think they know it all. But anyway, just taking a step back. I know it's entertainment, so I'm, nothing personal Um we could be working with with uh with mcgregor <laughs> one, of my, one of my copies so fuck <laughs> um yeah so take a step back um how do i deal with it um okay so anyone that's listening i want you to do one thing because you, if you're going through a tough time do it if you're not going through a tough time write it down somewhere because you will go through a tough time and you need to do this um and I, anyone that wants to dm me about any of this you can i i don't have any courses i help we have tens of thousands of people now in our communities for free so if you want to help just dm and we add you to our communities um and the one thing i want to tell you now read the book the obstacle is the way and um, having a stoic mindset on in life it, it is such a strong weapon such a strong edge understanding that okay i lost my access to clubhouse but I'm still, you know, I still have my millions. I'm still living in a nice villa. I have nice people around me. I'm still going to a festival. When you start to value the things that you have, and I know it sounds cheesy, but it it works. Having the, I don't like to use the word mindset, but it is a mindset. Having that mindset, a stoic mindset when dealing through tough times can allow you to go through hell and still get through it. Because I, I realized that when my uncle, Who's also my general manager at Fruity Australia? Because Mario, I have a question for you. That was during a month where I was scanned at IBC, one of my companies, Los Millis, um, in the same two-month period, i uh, had a big personal crisis that I'll talk about, and then also was diagnosed with a, with a tumor um that was bleeding. So then I needed urgent surgery, I ended up not having surgery, et cetera. So it's all good. Um he said, Mario, how do you wake up every day and still, you know, you still have that same energy? So I'm a very energetic person. And my answer was like, man, I've never thought about it. But in my mind, like what other choice do I have? Um so if you have a stoic mindset and also understand that when you get punched in the face, I don't want to sound cheesy, man, but I have to feel it's like MMA, you have to go for it. Go on the floor. Yeah. Go on the floor and just be knocked out and then get tapped out or just just jump, you know, stand back up and keep punching. Um, You got those two choices. One could lead to better things, which is keep fighting. Could you actually get out of it? There's been some good comebacks in MMA. And the other one, you could stay knocked out and you lose the match. For me, it's that. It's like, what other choice do I have than to keep fighting? Now, there are times when I felt it after clubhouse because clubhouse was so unfair. If it was fair, I would be fine. But it was so unfair that for the first two weeks, for the first time ever, I still worked, I still did things. But I didn't work as much as I did. Now, I don't remember last time I didn't want to get up from bed in the morning. I'm like, man, I want to sleep more because my dreams are better than than having to deal with in real life. Um, I know it sounds something small, being blocked out of clubhouse. But for me, that was a momentum stopper. Remember what I said in the beginning? Momentum is what drives me. When momentum stops, my energy died. I literally had no energy. I'm like, am I sick or something? My energy was scooped out. How did I get get through it? Um, Trying to get the obstacle in the way mentality. I'm like, okay, Mario, you lost clubhouse. But hey, there's a way around it. Like I'm doing podcasts every day now. I'm launching my own podcast. I'm going onto Twitter spaces on Monday with some of the biggest names on Twitter space. I'm doing my own weekly show, a video show with the top names of Clubhouse. I'm doing like Clubhouse, but with video. Um, and I could be back uh, in Clubhouse by next week. Um, but ignoring that, even if I was, I was never going to be come back in Clubhouse. So there's always other solutions. And also, you know what? Even if all this is dead, my but dance partner said to me, Mario, but you still travel the world dancing. You have your businesses. You have a comfortable life. So, That mindset is kind of embedded in me. And for anyone that doesn't have it embedded in them, read the book, The Obstacle is the Way. It's a very short book, but it's genuinely one of the few books that could change your life if you apply it.
0: No, and I, look, I I second everything that you said. And I think that um, you're actually a couple, uh, you're, I think the, perhaps the second or third guest that has recommended that book. And I've been meaning to get around to it. So this is a confirmation that I should. Um, But I think also my, my, my question for you is, you know, You've got a lot going on. I don't know how you kind of uh, gauge where you're at uh, compared to where you want to be. I don't know if you set um, you know, different roadmaps for where you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Do you ever think about it like that or you just kind of go on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, so it's a great question. And I'm sure if you've asked this question before, you'll get different answers. Um, there's a book called The One Thing. And a good way, so this is the answer for the audience and an answer for me. Uh, for the audience, the book, The One Thing, talks about a good structure for this. Have one thing to focus on this week that will lead to the one thing you want to achieve this month, that will lead to the one thing you want to achieve these six months, one year, five years, 10 years, if you want to go that far, it's good to reverse it. What do you, where do you want to be in 10 years? Okay, what, what do you want to be in five years to get to that point in 10 years? So each step leads to a bigger step. For me, it's more medium step because um, if the human mind is really bad at predicting things. Like I never thought I'd be a bachata artist, but here I am. Um, I never thought I'd have a personal brand. Two years ago, I was the most private person. I always love to be behind the scenes and make other people famous. Now I'm the opposite. So it's hard to predict five years from now. There's obviously certain things I want. You know, I want to get to, I still haven't reached a hundred million dollar valuation. I want to get to a hundred million dollar valuation, which is not far off. Um, So that there's some goals that I want to, I want to have freedom. I want to be very healthy, Um, but I don't go too far out. I look at, okay, what do you want to be? Now I want to be this week and next two weeks. So what I like to do, man, is I like to do to try different things in life and business. And then when something works, I double down like crazy and don't think about anything else. So right now what's working in two things. Uh, the personal branding, uh, building an audience. So my goal with personal branding is to build a massive community, like freaking massive of people and be be an example of how you, there are, like I want to lead a movement of people that want to support others, coach others, help others without asking for anything in return. And people that are doing a lot of money would do that um or doing okay money uh, and more money than me so i want to start movement doing that so i've got a lot of groups a lot of communities on whatsapp facebook etc where we just help out me and my team and don't ask for anything in return and there's no funnel or no end goal with it um but i i do benefit from it just so you know i make money by a lot i find a lot of business partners there i'm looking at acquiring businesses there me and my partner nick bradley so i do other things to make money out of the community but without actually selling them courses or anything like that so that's the movement that I want to, I want to create. Um, so that's number one, and number two, um, that's that's a medium-term movement. And short to medium term is, um, I'm in crypto, as you know. I've got I'm a partner at a law firm in crypto. i founded a VC fund. I've got a consulting firm. So we're going very deep in NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Um, so anyone that's in that space, if you're not, you should be. If you are, DM me. We're going very deep in that space from a business perspective, um, and keep traveling in the world dancing China. So these are my my three short-term goals, um. The one thing, strategy is pretty cool, though. I I highly recommend people try it. The one thing is the name of the book that talks about the strategy.
0: I also want to give a big shout out to my sponsor, U.S. Wellness Meats. All of U.S. Wellness Meats' beef, lamb, bison, and dairy products are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. They also offer pasture-raised heritage pork, free-range poultry, and wild-caught seafood. They specialize in a variety of special diets and have hundreds of paleo, keto, whole 30, sugar-free, and AIP Friendly options. US Wellness Meats has over 400 all natural whole foods in their online store at uswellnessmeats.com. And all of their foods are raised on family farms dedicated to sustainable and ethical principles. They do not use any pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, growth hormones, or GMOs. U.S. Wellness Meats ships anywhere in the country for only $9.50 for shipping and handling. And most orders are delivered within 24 to 48 hours of leaving their facilities. Use promo code PODCAST and you'll receive 15% off store-wide savings at uswellnessmeats.com. Again, go to uswellnessmeets.com, use that promo code podcast, and you'll get 15% off store wide savings. Go check it out today. How do you measure your your personal success? Is it financial? Is it other things? How, you know, what what makes you happy?
1: Yeah. um, all right, two questions. So, how to measure there's two there's what I did a few years ago was one of the biggest mistakes. I lived a very high life. Why? Because I always looked at people that were much more successful than me. I'm like, wow, I still got a long way to go. And I took a lot of risks to get there. I'm like, I should be, I should make hundreds of millions very soon. And um, I did that. When you compare yourself to the very successful people, you start to forget how lucky you are to be where you are. You forget that there's seven, like the brain can't fathom the number I'm about to say. There's seven billion people on this planet. Um, and then when you start looking at people that are doing a dollar a day and you're not. And they, if they had the same opportunities as you, they could have been millionaires, no doubt. You realize that, holy shit, like I'm looking at that 0.001% of the people out there, the celebrity uh, centimillionaires, instead of looking at the 99.99% of people that haven't achieved what I've achieved. And that puts you in a very humble place. So I base it in the middle. I look at that, but I also remember, I look at the more successful people to drive me further. That's the way I compare myself. Now, a cheesy answer could be compare yourself to where you were yesterday. That's the best way of doing it. Uh, but I like to compare myself to others because it drives me further. But again, I don't go on one extreme or the other. I don't only compare myself to people less successful because that will just get me too complacent. But I won't compare myself only to people much more successful because that will push me to take risks that are too high, and I'm not—I'm a, a risk-averse person. So uh, that's that. Now, in terms of what brings me happiness, um, so far—and that will change, of course, because uh, people change—but so far, it's still momentum. I—I um, I like to be doing something. You know, I could be getting into politics in the next two years because um, it's this next challenge, always something from, from freaking martial arts. To, I do, to do, used to do a lot of martial arts to, to, to banking and finance, to making millions, to now building a personal brand, to traveling the world. dancing. I was in Kiev yesterday dancing bachata. I'll be going to Turkey in, in a week and a half. Um, so uh, the common factor among all these is momentum and growth. Tony Robbins talks a lot about this as this uh, as as one of the, the different pillars that bring happiness to people is about seven or eight of them um and one of them is that momentum and growth
0: are you ever able to um you know take some time for yourself uh and and re- I, like what is what is relaxing look like i mean is it is it just dancing is it, is it other things cuz i mean you've got a lot going on and, and i imagine at times it could be a very high you know fast paced highly stressful lifestyle um but are you able to to relax and to, to have those moments for yourself.
1: Yeah. So people like to say relax from business, but doesn't this this business is multifaceted. If I business includes me reading reports, and business includes me talking to people, thousands of people in an audience, or business includes me going one on one meetings with with uh, potential partners, or business includes me talking to my management team, um, talking to my business partner, my management team is relaxing for me, with chatting business ideas and stuff, um talking to, dealing with the accounting team is a nightmare for me, my accounting team. So uh, for me, aspects of business are relaxing and relaxing from other aspects that are stressful. And the other one is bachata. Um, but obviously if you skip dancing bachata for, at a festival, it gets exhausting, dancing for hours nonstop. Um, so it, it's a mix, but it, it, you know, you're leading to a point of having some escape from business because business could be tough. Really tough, especially when shit hits the fan. And my escape is bachata. When I do need an escape, most of the time I don't. But it, I started needing it about four years ago.
0: What is it about bachata and and just, I guess, dancing in general that, that brings you that joy?
1: Um, bachata is a short, you know, my answer is not listening to the music and being you know, taken away in a different world. It's not that. Um, for me, bachata is like a shortcut. You know, I'm a growth hacker. I have a growth hacking agency as well. I love growth hacking. So, my is like a growth hack to having social life. So, to get to where I am, I sacrificed a lot, a lot, a, a lot, man. I can't tell you. I'm a, I didn't have a girlfriend or, or go out with girls or have friends. I still don't have friends, man. I don't have friends. I don't. I don't. I'm not interested to have friends. I'm not interested to sit there eating nachos and watching the game, or watching Netflix, or going and shooting the shits. Like someone says, "Hey, let's shoot the shits." Uh, one or someone that works with me. Like what the fuck does shooting the shit I hate mean that now? Term. Yeah, yeah, Um yeah, so I, I just I, I just don't do that. I'd rather sit there reading a report. i like I had a flight from um uh, Ukraine to okay. I'm in Beirut for a week and a half before I go to Turkey. Um and the flight took it's meant to be a three hour flight, it took 10 hours because the pilot was stupid. And so I went they went to from Istanbul to so I went to Kiev to Istanbul to in the Beirut, but then he couldn't land in Beirut, went back to some random city in Turkey, then went back to Istanbul, and then went to it. So it took like over 10 hours, like, yeah, 10 hours instead of four hours. Um, so I had a lot of time on the plane. I felt bad watching a movie. I watched The Joker, crazy movie. I felt bad watching a movie. So that's how far I am um, in not wasting time. Now, um, it, in terms of bachata, I don't do any of those stuff. Bachata was like a, a shortcut for me to have girls. I don't need to go on dates. I don't need to get to know a girl to be able to have fun, okay? So meeting girls and, and just clicking off. Because in Bachata, what happens is uh, once you know Bachata, you can dance with anyone anywhere in the world without even knowing them, without knowing their name, without even saying hi. You just give her your hand, she says yes, and you just dance for three minutes. You can dance for longer. And it looks nice. If you watch my videos, it looks nice. All of it is is um is not scripted. It's, it's uh, impromptu. There's a word for it. Um, but all of it is improvised. like I just make up with them and she follows. Because that's all the challenge. that's was so cool. So I can literally dance with any girl or guy, Um, if you, you want to dance with another guy. Dance with any girl without actually playing anything. So I can get me girls, socialise, hi, hi, how are you? And and I come in as the artist, so I get a lot of attention Um, and enjoy the music. I freaking love the music. So I get three things in one. So I'm like, perfect. Because, you know, I, I, I heard a TED speech, Felix, that gave me a heart attack that the most common factor for people dying early, premature death, is not smoking, it's not that, it's not eating too much. It's actually not socializing. So when I realized that, I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, you know, I'm telling my ex and my ex at the time, she's a model and she smokes a lot and she drinks a lot. And I'm like, I'm telling her to freaking um, stop smoking and stop eating unhealthy food. She's unhealthy food, she smokes and she drinks. Um, I'm telling you not to do these things. And she's probably live longer than me because she's social as hell, I'm antisocial. Um, so I kind of doubled down on that social aspect, which Pachada allowed me. And, you know, we could be going to Colombia and getting a villa in Colombia with my team. Um, Bachata, you know, it's <laughs> everywhere in Colombia. So yeah, man, that's what Bachata, that's what Bichata offers me. Um, but I recommend everyone has an exit away from business or away from something they do, because it's important to have it for when things get tough and whatever it is that you do. If you're if you're an athlete and you broke your leg and you can't, you know, when I was blocked out of clubhouse. It's like you know, an entrepreneur business person helping others, blocked out of the medium to help others. The momentum completely stopped. I'm like, wow, imagine athletes. They live the high life, travel the world to play soccer, to play football, NFL, whatever it is, tennis. Imagine they break their leg. They literally, everything just stopped for them. And if they don't have another hobby, whether it's chess or whatever it is, um, is, they're in a bad place mentally, very bad place.
0: I'm I'm fascinated. I mean, you're you're really growth hacking everything when it, from girls to business to whatever it is. It's it's the you know I, I I respect that and I love that. And for me, you know, just to to wrap things up, um, I don't know if you if you think about it. I mean, you know, you talked about how you view your short and long term goals, but do you ever think about your legacy? I don't know, you know. I'm always curious with with my with my guests, um, you know, and you're obviously you're young. We hope a, a nice, fruitful, healthy, long life. But I wonder if you ever think about. Um, you know how you hope to be remembered one day?
1: No, man, not at all. Because I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, and I'm not kidding. I'm investing in anti-aging things and the technology behind the science behind anti-aging. I'll probably do you die know David Sinclair?
0: Yes, I had him on my show. Sick. He's uh, connect he's,
1: me, man. I'd love to meet him. Yeah, if you, if you if you if you
0: want to, we'll uh, we'll definitely do. We'll definitely set that up. But he's absolutely,
1: man, absolutely.
0: He's uh, I mean, for people listening out there, David Sinclair is probably the leading. Biologist, he's a biologist uh in the anti-aging space and he's a. Uh, i don't know if you've ever you've never have you ever met him no at that point no no no
1: no no. I, so i, I actually him. i went to
0: harvard and i went in his office to to do the podcast and the guy i don't remember how old he is but he looks young as a motherfucker like he's damn
1: him uh yeah i gotta meet him like uh, uh, david sinclair and there's also um uh, what's that guy the bulletproof coffee guy dave asprey and all these people right yeah. So there's a lot of these names. I have a biologist. Her name is Jennifer Zahab She's also my dance partner. She's a biologist. She's helping me in that. And I've got three other medical doctors, um, or students. I don't know students. I think working with me, um, researching everything from biohacking to all the devices to cryotherapy. It took a pause now because of COVID. Um, so I didn't do a lot of the stuff that I should. But now that I've got the vaccine, I'm, I'm being actioned again. And I'll call them after this podcast. So I'm going. Deep, I'd love a, a, a connection with David Sinclair, and we're going deep in the space, man. So it'll be good to get him. You know, I get a lot of exposure uh, with my personal branding. And he obviously gets his own exposure as well. Um, but um, you know, I want to bring more attention to the space because I think there's, there's a lot of. I think there should be more people talking about it.
0: What is the, I don't know if you want to share it publicly, like some of the things that you've been doing for anti-aging. Because I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I wish Jennifer. I think she's upstairs. Um, I would have asked her. Um, all right. So there's a lot of supplements I take now. I stopped them because I got a pimple breakout because of them. We don't know which one it is. They're all in Dubai, so I'm gonna go pick them up again. I got like when I say big, I got if you know those small suitcases, the carry-on one. I got one full of supplements. That much. They must now, think you're dealing drugs. All. Yeah, they probably. Do. I didn't travel with them because they're too heavy. Um, but probably no, because they were doing giving me pimples. Um, but we're gonna now see which one was. Now I don't take all of them. I take about. I don't know, 30, 20 pills, 25 pills, but not nothing too serious. Wow. And they're all like ashwagandha and stuff. Um, so just supplements, nothing too far. The, the things that are crazy, I don't take too many of them or none of them. I don't go too far because I also think I don't want to be a hamster. Um, I'm looking at, uh, um, um, what is it? In stem cell uh, injecting, some, what are you called, stem cell injection. Yeah. Uh, I think you understand this stuff. You yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh,
0: I mean, I've listened to a lot. I mean, I listened when I did my David Sinclair podcast. I researched a lot about him and what he was doing, and I've heard a lot of people. I mean, talk about stem cells and different. You know, stem again, cell the, therapy. Yeah. The, the supplements. And, yeah.
1: Supplements and um, high intensity of exercise. Something I want to do again. Um. So supplements. Eating. I eat a vegan keto diet. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, vegan-ish, like I've been eating salmon for the last few days, uh, salmon sashimi, vegan-ish um, and keto-ish. <laughs> I mix it up because do not you extreme. I fast every day for 16 hours. I didn't since clubhouse suspension, I kind of eased up on it a bit, but I've been fasting every day for months, uh, for six, 18 hours a day. Today is only 14 or 16. So I fast every day, um, cryotherapy, but you know, start with the basics. Get your sleep. I get, I sleep every, I don't, I sleep. No one interrupts my sleep. Um, I'm looking at getting a few devices as well, but I travel a lot start. There's a bed that costs like tens of thousands of dollars that allows you apparently. Did you know about it?
0: No, but there's a I... bed that
1: apparently rejuvenates something. I don't know what the fuck it does. Um, but it's a really expensive bed. But I can't travel with it. That sounds fraud- That bed. sounds a little fraudulent though, no? It does, yeah. But the team is looking into it. Um it's you know, you know fraudulent, you know, again, don't be buying. So fraudulent means their claims could be fraudulent, they couldn't have some benefit, but not. You no, know, I'm never gonna die because I sleep in that bed. Fair. Um, but it seems that it's the latter, it seems to be like, could it? I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually fraudulent, <laughs> fraudulent, like a bed that makes you live longer. But it's got some therapeutic stuff. I forgot, but I'm gonna speak to my team right after this. You got me connected everything. Clay. my team will you'll make their day. I don't, I don't know if they reached out to him and um, they could do an anti aging podcast. They really want to do it, so they could interview him. Okay, but yeah, it'd be great to meet him. Man, well, I know that we went over
0: time, but yeah, no, real quick. Um, what is the is there, is there a fear of dying?
1: Yeah, man. Holy shit. I don't know what's going to happen after dying. Man. Know, every religion gives you a different story. True. And then I just, I know, I just, I just, I just accept the unknown. I A human brain is not designed to accept the unknown. I've trained myself to, I don't know what will happen. I don't think about it, but what will happen? I know energy doesn't die, but the human dies. I like my body. I spent a long time teaching it. Bachata, for example, I like my voice. I trained my voice. Someone loses. Hey,
0: I think with the supplements and the bachata, you're good for a long time. Uh, Mario, <laughs> it was uh, truly a pleasure to first meet you, to have you on my show. Hopefully, one day I know you're a big traveler. So if you're in the city, in New York City, um, you know, I'll bring you in studio. Um, and you know, just a, a pleasure, honor. Where can where can everybody find you and and follow you on uh, on the medias?
1: Yeah, man, just Google me, Mario Nofal, N-F-A-L, Mario Nofal. Google me and just connect with me on any platform. Just ask, hey, can I join your community? Someone will add you to the community and we'll connect and I'll help you out. But Felix, I appreciate being here, man.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much.